Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unbothered by Ty Rivera. We're high atop Ty Rivera Studios, a.k.a. Casa de Bijou. <laughs> and I'm happy because I finally got one of the people that I really wanted to be here, here. And that's not anything against anybody. I've definitely enjoyed having everybody I had. But I've been saying forever that I wanted to have Dicey on. And wow. today, Dicey is here. Hey. <laughs> What's up, Dicey? Thank you for having me, Ty. No. This is so cool. I'm glad you were finally able to make it over. I've been trying to have you. And then last week, it almost happened. Mm -hmm. But you had to work for, what, 25 hours last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Wiping ass. Elderly ass. Yeah. yeah, wiping elderly ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get to that in a yeah. second, that that part of the cool. story. Um, so I just to set it up for the people that don't know you, Dicey is a comic, female. How do you identify ethnically? Uh, black. Okay, yeah, yeah, different people have different ways. Yeah. Some people prefer African-American. Some people mm -hmm. prefer black. I met a lady that uh, I was by the bus stop one day and like walking over where I used to live. And this lady asked me if I could help her. She was a black lady. And she asked me if I could help her. And you know old people will tell you their entire story mm -hmm. <laughs> while you're helping them. Because she was winded. And I don't know if she had like emphysema or something like mm -hmm. that. But there was definitely something happening with her breathing where she was just winded the whole time. And uh, so she wasn't able to push her cart uh, to her. She lived in one of the assisted living homes right mm -hmm. there on Fountain. And uh, she told me that she prefers Negro because to her black is just a color and when she was younger negroes did a lot of stuff like she was like you know the negro college fund and like different things that she was saying that negroes had done and so she was like i don't even like black black is a color to me i don't want to be a color it's true but none of the names really you know place us anywhere mm -hmm. you know we don't know if we were from africa we don't really know it, you know the indians say that we were here with them some you know so it's like i don't know i just Black is the color, and I do. I look good in black. I do. You do look good so, in black. So, you know, <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> I identify as Chicano, which is mm -hmm. like the, you know, term for Mexican-American. Some people find that term to be derogatory or, you know, don't like. They think it's like a negative connotation. But I personally prefer Chicano, and that's what I grew up. That's what I am. Uh, so I respect whatever people identify as. That's why I ask. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like a lot of people from my Facebook and stuff think I'm like disrespectful, but it's just I go with my thinking and then I love all of your posts. It's so stupid. And then just to read through the comments and <laughs> just people sharing your stuff. And my favorite was when the, some I think it was on the um the the feminist movement whatever when they were attacking you and they were like who is ty i didn't even know who he was until now and i'm like yep your job is done you exactly. did your job exactly you know, fuck how they know you they know you that's you know? what i say too so, I'm, I'm fine with it you yeah. know i go in and tag myself when somebody's talking shit and they don't say it's me i'm like that's me so if you guys want to talk about it here i am yeah and but people never have a point. Um, so you've been doing stand-up for five years. Yes. How did I just find out about you this year? Well, you know what? I don't know. I think that I subconsciously told myself, you know what? This is the year that I kind of been low-key and in the background. And I've been knowing who you were, you know. And I've been following you. So that's kind of cool. And stalkerish at the same time. But still, because I just appreciate your comedy so much because it's just kind of like mine. It's just, it's what I feel. And it's, you can't take my experiences away from me. You know what I mean? And I, so, but anyway, I just kind of was trying to get really good and not really worried about doing the bigger shows. I felt like that stuff would come. Yeah. You know? And so I just kind of, I, I saw a lot of shitty people or, you know, shit, not shitty people, but shitty comics. It just, yeah. They just want to be, you know, you're not ready to be seen yet. I think it takes a while. And I respect comedy so much that I want it to come correct, kind of. Yeah. And like, you know. No. That I mean, makes... I don't know if I am or not, but I do. Oh, know. I would say you are. Yeah, I would definitely say you are because I, um, when I, the first time I saw you, 
I right away liked your stuff and I was like, this girl is great. I saw you the first time I saw you go up because I met you before I actually got to see you go up. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I saw you go up was in the OR mm -hmm. for potluck. And it's only three minutes. And right away I was blown away. And yeah, that's one of the things I liked about your stand up is it is like your point of view and it's not like cleaned up in the way where it's like, let me say this the most politically correct way possible. Mm -hmm. it, to me, what you do feels like, let me say this the way I feel it. And as long as you laugh, that's all I need that's from you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need you to agree. I don't need you. I just need, as long as you laugh, mm -hmm. then we're good. But I don't think a lot of people, because I heard, um, I've heard that you've been getting a little bit of heat about mm -hmm. what you talk about on stage. Because you do talk about race a bit. Yeah, you know, and I've just heard it, too. People won't. I don't know who people are, but I'm, I mean, I take it now that it's kind of a thing. Not a thing, but like, you know, a couple of different people in a couple of different circles have kind of mentioned stuff to me like, oh, either people are kind of scared to talk to you or you come across as. And it's like, why? Just because I'm kind of talking about race in a dicey ma a manner, you know, like in a a more I don't know. I don't, it's just my experience. That's all I can say. And and I think that's what people feel so, def not maybe, I don't want to say defeated when they hear it, but they just kind of know that there's a lot of truth to it. And truth hurts a lot of people sometimes. And there's a lot of comics that use, a lot of white comics that use comedy as an excuse to be kind of racist. You know? Oh, yeah. I don't feel like what I'm saying is racist. I feel like this has been our history here in this country. And... Let's talk about it. Let's joke about it. Let's. This is my life. So take it or leave it. You no, know? I agree, and that's to me the best kind of comedy. I, I like when people push the political correctness, and then I get other people like mad at me because I am so against political correctness in comedy. Uh, what people don't understand is we will if if this political correctness continues the way it, it it's been. We will never have another Richard Pryor. We'll never have another mm -hmm. George Carlin. We'll never have any, any of these great comics, even a Chris Rock. We mm -hmm. wouldn't even be able to have a Chris Rock now mm -hmm. because everything he says would be censored. Chappelle would not exist, you know, if he were trying to come up now because people try to shut down. And then the worst part to me is these people have the nerve to call themselves progressive. Yeah. And it's like, you're progressive, but we're not allowed to talk about these things that clearly do exist. Mm -hmm. And we have different different points of view depending on where we come from. So you can't expect me to talk like you because I didn't grow up the same place you grew up. Yeah. You know, my experience hasn't been the same as you. And then I think another thing that bothers people is you've kind of been, it seems, on the inside. Cause you have, you're like your best friend is white. <laughs> and so like when you talk yeah. about white people, it's not in a way where it's like this abstract, I don't know any white people. I'm just kind of, you yeah. know, you haven't lived a segregated life. No. So I think people get even more bothered by that. Cause it's, cause it's kind of like you're airing out their dirty laundry yeah. from your point of view. Yeah. It's for, it's a fly on the wall perspective. And a lot of times white people, they can not all at all, you know, not all, but they can be dismissive and they can be so into what they're going through. And they don't even realize how we, how other people are perceiving them. And they probably, uh -huh. they don't care because they don't have to, you yeah. know? And so when you, when you like the wine joke and you know, like, I, you know, I know a lot about wine, you know, like uh -huh. that's, that's for real. And you know, I do, try to ruin their I did that's true I try to ruin their time but I'm still talking about it in a way that you understand it's I'm you still using the correct terminology I'm still you know I'm just making fun of it and it's just like that's just what it is I mean it's, well, it's, it's your joke about the tree I mean like the wide and the tree or the oh oh you want something a little more oaky oh you mean like them oak trees y'all used to hang us from oaky like that Oh right. yeah, that one that one <laughs> kills me. That part of that joke kills me. <laughs> That's when I lost it when we were in the comedy store. I just lost it. That's everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because I've been fortunate enough to travel a little bit now with comedy, and most of the world is. I mean, I started comedy in L.A., so you know, it's just so different when you get outside of L.A. and really, you know, some people are just not. They don't take it well at all and and they'll come up to me and say all kind of stuff and you're the reason you're the cause of it you know like and some love it 
And some, they just, they don't want to approach me, but they'll smile and they'll wave. And it's just kind of like, okay, you know, and the, the whole point of comedy is to provoke thought yeah. and to like, you know, maybe help you see things in a way that you didn't see it before. Yeah, but some people don't want to see things in a different way. And some people want us to just be ha-ha jokey. Like, you know, I don't know what kind of stuff these people really want. I think they need to stay home and watch, like, comedy on TV mm -hmm. where it's been cleaned up and censored for them. You know, I think that's what those people need rather than coming out to a show and seeing what our real thoughts are. Mm -hmm. um, have you... So, so you were on tour, or you did a couple shows with the Ladies Night Out, mm -hmm. which is Bill Bellamy, uh -huh. and who else and did you guys? It was, it, well, on this one, it was Bill Bellamy and Jay Reed and Delay. Okay. And um, but Ali from Houston is also on it. Then there's another guy to this on it. They just all you know kind of rotate in and out. Where it's three of them, and then somebody will host, or somebody will you know uh, they have like features like I was. So, so you were one of the features yeah, on the I was show. One of the I was the only girl they've ever had. Yeah. Feature, well, so that's that why really I cool. bring it up because mm -hmm. like ladies night out, the theme is it's good looking yeah. guys. And then are they all good looking? Yeah. Okay. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what the rotation they is. They actually are. But I know Jay is good. <laughs> I know Jay's good looking. And He's the one that hooked me up actually. Okay. So I was doing, I did a couple of shows in Vegas and he just happened to be there and he was like, hey, come do my show tomorrow night. So I think I stayed an extra night and went and did his show. And then, um, and I just stayed in touch. And I was always like, hey, if you have anything coming up, like, let me. So then he hit me up and he was like, hey, did you? I guess he asked Bill if I could do it. He was like, she better be funny, you know. And so I just, I was like, yeah, cool. And I just, it was in San Diego. So I just went to San Diego. And that was a really, really cool experience because they do it big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're, know. All, they're so nice. And they, they're, I mean, they just, their audiences are just so just warm and they want to just laugh. So, you know. So the ladies great. didn't mind you being a lady on the show. Actually, after the show, some of the, a lot of the women in the audience was like, you need to keep her. She, you need to have a girl. Like, you know, I mean, it's still full of women and they still want that woman's perspective. As nice looking as they are and yeah. as funny as they are, you know, still to yeah. have a girl on the show is. So that felt good because I didn't coax anybody to do that. They That was just how they felt, you know. So. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad about that because, you know, sometimes women with other women can be. Yeah, very catty. Yeah, yeah. that happens sometimes. And uh, it's one of the things that bothers me about the quote unquote feminist mm -hmm. is, is in, in a lot of cases, the comics I that claim feminist. to be feminist are not supportive of other women at all. Mm -mm. It's just a marketing tool. It's like, I'm a feminist, so, and, and then suddenly... And then to cut you off like those feminists did, to not even let you re respond, you know what I mean? Like, that's just like a bitch. Oh, that's yeah, like a bitch yeah, it was, it was not at all. And, uh, like, what I was saying, uh, like, on that particular post wasn't even... Uh, to me, it was just good advice. Like, if you have no intentions of hooking up with somebody, then don't go out on a date with them and let them spend a bunch of money on you. And if you do, I have no problem with that. But don't act creeped out when they try to kiss you or because yes. they think they're on a date. But I get it if you don't want I'm, And that's where they also weren't getting me. Was it was like I wasn't saying you owe them a kiss. I wasn't saying you owe them anything. No, you have the right to say no, but don't act like they're a creep for even trying to kiss you because they think they're on a date. And then I got cut off because I was too logical for them. Like these people were trying to come at me. So are you saying date rape? I never and said anything never about said sex rape in the rape. whole. Yeah. Nothing. So that's just where they automatically go. Uh, you know, it's the only argument they have. It's the only thing they have prepared is like to go at it from a rape perspective. Mm -hmm. So I was, uh, yeah, and it, just like the feminist in general, to me, aren't, uh, most of them aren't even legit, don't have a real point. It's just become a popular thing mm -hmm. to say. Just, I'm a feminist, so now. And I'm still black, so the feminist shit really doesn't even matter to me. I'm still, I got to get over being black first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before I can worry about being a woman. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, that's that's basically just a bunch of, you know, that's what I told Kenny when I had him on that, like, you know, when you're ethnic, you have to work harder and that's just what it is. Yeah. And and a lot of times people will try to deny that and they'll throw these little stupid things in our face like, you know, you guys have stand up for diversity. We don't have stand up for diversity because you guys have everything else.
You guys have every other room. You guys have every other opportunity. But and they still come audition for that. Oh, I know. I was there when the first white woman, uh, Bobby Oliver, who I used to be friends with, gets on my nerves now. This is me talking right now. So if Bobby Oliver's listening, uh, Bobby, you know, I used to like you. It's not that I hate you now, but I just am not down with a lot of your bullshit. Uh, but she showed up at one of the stand-up auditions like several years back, stand-up for diversity. And she was like, you know, with her Southern accent, she was like, well, I'm a woman. So I think that counts as diversity. I'm a woman. And so that's when. That's that privilege. And the other bitches caught on and were like, you know, oh, well, you know, I might be white, but I'm a woman. So I should count as diversity as well. And (sighs) I mean, it's whatever. Just be funny. Yeah. You know, I, I, I made it through the first round of that this this year, which was cool. Congratulations. Thank you. My second set sucked. I had been up and sleeping outside, you yeah. know, and I just it just wasn't what it what it should have been. But at least maybe next year, like you were telling me, I'll get to maybe um, maybe go th- just to the callbacks or whatever. Yeah. You know, I uh, like I told you about that situation. Those mm-hmm. things more than like winning or moving on are about the connections you make in a lot of cases because those people will remember you. Mm-hmm. And if you're professional and you're funny, a lot of times they'll find other places they can plug you in. And then also next year when you go back, I know it's usually the same people several years in a row as yeah. far as like the people that are handling the booking of it or the, you know, the judging of it. So just that alone next year, they're like, oh, Dicey, we mm-hmm. remember her from last year, you know, and everybody knows that you are exhausted for those things in a lot of cases. I've slept on the sidewalk at least three or four times now. And so I know what that's like to sleep on the sidewalk. And then you've got your second, like your call back that same night. And so it's like, okay, I just did one at 1 p.m. or whenever they. And you can't really sleep and just like. Yeah, you don't really get to sleep unless you rent a room. You don't even have a place to really chill. A lot of us would go like, you know, have lunch somewhere or do something like that. Just kill some time. And so you are in a lot of cases exhausted and they know that, too. So. It was just a good experience. It was just a really good, you know, I've been having some fun this year. Yeah, it seems like it. And your name's getting around. Mm -hmm. And that's the good thing is like your name is getting around. What, um, where, where are your favorite rooms right now? Uh, you know what? I love the, I love the OR. I like getting up there and it's just, I feel just the history in that room. You know, it's just like. It's a good feeling to always perform at the comedy store. You know, that's why I I try not to even drink when I go there. Yeah. Because I don't want to make an ass of myself. You know, I don't you just don't have a lot of opportunities. Yeah. To make it. I just so I just try to really respect that place. I have a lot of respect for that place. But other than that, um, you know, I like West Side Comedy Theater. I like that. I like doing the mics there. It's always real people in the audience. Yeah. It's just far to drive. And then they have Shinerbach there, which is a beer that's made in texas and they don't have it everywhere so i try to i'm, I'm drinking you know and then to, to have to drive all the way <laughs> yeah you know and you're uh you're from texas i'm from texas from dallas yeah i moved here from houston so how'd you end up in houston i went to college in houston okay mm-hmm. so you raised in dallas mm-hmm. moved to houston mm-hmm. went to college there and then came here how long after your college a year Okay, and so you've been in L.A. for a while. I've been here 13 years. Thir- same as me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Old bitches. I know, especially <laughs> me. <laughs> no, you look good. Thank you, but you, you look, look great, good. but trust me, I am old and I feel it. And people wonder why I'm bitchy sometimes on the scene. And it's like, because I'm old and I'm still here with you mm-hmm. fools. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to 20 year olds try to mm-hmm. tell me what I'm allowed to say. That's what gets annoying sometimes. It's like you're young. You have no life experience. You're talking to me about your theory of how you think life should be, not any life that you've actually lived. And in a lot of cases, the it, the people that are trying to make us all watch what we say um, have lived sheltered lives. So it's like, mm-hmm. 
you're a white kid that's been around a bunch of other white people. Maybe you have one or two black friends, one or two Mexican friends, and they try to assimilate to what you are. And now you're going to tell me what it is that I'm supposed to be like. Yeah, I got unfriended this week by some people at my high school because, you know, I went to a mostly white. High. It was probably like 40 percent black, 60 white or whatever. And it just kind of bothers me that nobody has anything to say about innocent lives. Fuck, fuck that they're black. OK, like it's a life. They, they these people are continuously unarmed and getting killed mm -hmm. and you have nothing to say about it. You don't have to be in. You know, you don't have to think black lives matter, all that, whatever. But you post pictures of ponies and dogs and you change your profile picture when when, you know, shit blows up in 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 France and. In Orlando, you change. You have so much to say about the gun situation in America and all this stuff. But then when it comes to that, and then you want to say, "Oh well, it's political. I don't get involved in political issues." And and the, to me, like the right to live is not a political issue. Yeah. And this girl unfriended me the other day, you know, because I told her she was probably raising her kids to be racist and silent cowards. Uh huh. And and she and and then you know she's telling me about diversity this and diversity that, and I looked through her her uh pictures on facebook since 2007 the bitch has never had a picture with anybody black asian anything nothing yeah just but white people that's it for, you can't even find but you know they don't even realize they think that they're raising their kids diverse and i don't know how when you've never when they don't play with anybody else but themselves you know like yeah no and, and that was um in reference to the situation that happened in tulsa was what? that the one uh the the what you're talking yeah. about like the mm -hmm. the guy in Tulsa mm -hmm. which that one um to me that was one where i really thought that i anytime there's one that's really worth capitalizing on for some reason people really don't and i don't know why that is you know like you have the the kind of debatable ones where it turns into a big deal but one where it seems so clear to me, because I know what people have said, like, you know, about him being on PCP and whatever else. And, yeah, his car was parked in the middle of the like in the middle of the highway mm -hmm. instead of like off to the side. And I get all that. But when you look at that footage, there's no way that he should have been shot. Mm -mm. So I don't know why people really were so quick to let that one go with where with some of the other ones, it seems like they really hold on to it. I and I've been on PCP before when I was younger, you know, we used to do um, it was called Sherm or oh, yeah. wet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I already know I'm from Texas. They do that in Houston. They be doing. Yeah. Blunts and wet. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it, it's a, a lovely is what they call it in Arizona when you mix the um, the blunt and, and and the what's it called and the pcp oh. that's called a lovely mm. and uh yeah when i was younger because i don't know if this is the way they still do it but what they used to do was they would take a more cigarette and dip it i don't know why they chose more but it was always more it was the brown cigarette and they would dip it in the pcp and then they would turn it like half of it in the pcp and then they would turn it upside down so that the pcp would like flow through it and they would keep it in the old film canisters mm. you know those little yeah. plastic film canisters they'd keep it in there and then like you'd buy it and it would be in foil and so you'd unwrap the foil and smoke it and I remember that one time me and my cousin uh, were afraid to come off of the curb because the curb felt really high up. So we were standing on the curb, like daring each other to like, you step down. No, you step down. I'm not going to step down. And we were scared. But uh, yeah. And I had a bad trip on it once. Once I was driving home on PCP and it felt like I was driving in a video game, but I just wanted to get home. And it was Phoenix, so Did it's Did you huge. know your way home? Yeah, but I just, I was really scared, you know, because it felt like I was driving in a video game, and I knew that it wasn't good, And but I just wanted to get home, and home wasn't close, you know, wow. to where we were hanging out. But, uh, yeah, it, it, like, I, and I know the, like, you know, superhuman strength that sometimes does happen when people are on PCP. Those stories were legendary. But uh, at the same time, it's like, the man didn't seem to be doing anything aggressive. 
So I don't know how everybody didn't get on board yeah. with that. Yeah. I know. It's it's kind of hurtful a little bit. It's like, you know, you don't just the the complete omission or ju- I mean just it's kind of like, okay. All right. Well, you know, and you can't make people do anything, but again, the fact that she unfriended me, we were really really cool in high school. Mm-hmm. So I know that she's still thinking about it. Like I couldn't even really sleep that night, honestly. It just really bothered me that she was just so close-minded and, and she just used her privilege to exit the conversation because that's her right, you know, as, as somebody that could just, you, and, and it's just my reality, no matter what. I can never walk away from the conversation. I got a black-ass husband, you know, a dad and a brother who mm-hmm. have all been harassed by the police. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, and I have too. Yeah, but some people do not want to face that. Yeah. Some people really do not want to face that. And I don't know why that is. Uh, I know some people like put a lot of stuff uh, on online about like Trump and how yeah. racist he is and, you know, stuff like that. But it's kind of like, why don't you pay attention to your racism? Or yeah. why don't you pay attention to what it is you might and be And you ignoring. think Hillary is not racist? Like, under Bill Clinton's administration, more black men went to prison than under anybody else's administration. And he he was responsible for that three strikes rule. You know, a lot of shit that fucked us up that really did. And she's just going to be the same shit. I mean, I don't trust her. I don't trust him. It's whatever with this. With this, I don't really care. I think if Trump gets in, it'll be some, I can see some benefits. And if she gets in, I can see some. But neither one of them, I don't really even know if I'm a vote, Ty, honestly. I don't know if I am this time. Yeah, I'm voting for Trump. And the reason that I'm voting for Trump is because I think that he's, whether he's doing it on purpose or not, uh, is forcing a lot of this racism to actually bubble up. Yes. And putting us in a place where we're actually going to have to talk about it. Because I don't think it's doing us any good as a country to sweep it under the rug, which is what we've been doing. It's always like, okay, well, let's not say these words anymore. Well, why don't we talk about why we shouldn't say these words anymore? Why don't we talk about where these words came from? Why don't we talk about history in a more honest way instead Mm -hmm. of trying to clean everything up and make everything look like really pretty and like you know rosa parks why don't we talk about what happened to rosa parks after the bus situation where she wasn't able to get a job and where she was basically blackballed within her own community Mm -hmm. because she was considered a troublemaker Mm -hmm. even though clearly things moved ahead she wasn't seen as a hero until years after Mm -hmm. so why don't we hear more about this Instead of just being like, you know, oh, this is the way it went. And it was all beautiful after that. No, it's not beautiful. It hasn't been beautiful. I believe one day it could be beautiful once we start owning some of this stuff. And like like what you were saying about your friend, once your friend finds herself in a more honest place, maybe she can grow, too. And maybe we can be friends again. I just think it's some bullshit. We're just, you know, she erased the comments that she that she wrote on there, be- you know, before she unfriended me. So you couldn't even see the thread of how it because maybe she realized that she sounded ignorant. And that, and if that's that's fine, that's the point of the conversation. You yeah. know, maybe you'll inspire one of your I- other ignorant ass friends to like look at themselves more deeply and like, let's figure this shit out. Like, that's what time it is now. You know, my mom, she just went to her her class reunion this past weekend. I haven't even talked to her about how it went yet, but um, she went to Catholic school for a while, all through elementary. She was the only black person in her class. You Mm -hmm. know, she played with these kids, you know, from kindergarten up until the sixth grade. And then they went, I don't, I guess she went to a black junior high or something. I don't really, but then high school, she, when I guess when integration was uh, happening or whatever, it was, it was segregated. It was still segregated because she went to, but because she went to a Catholic school, she was able to go to school with white kids, too, because they didn't, you know, honor segregation in her. But long story short, she says that these white kids would, you know, and, and they've done me like this, too. When I was coming up, they'll act like they don't know you in front of their other white friends. And all through high school, a lot of these kids would not even speak to her that she knew. And, you know, can you imagine like going from kindergarten to sixth grade? So she said that she was going to ask them of them this time. Why did you, you know, this is, I think, her, her 35th class reunion or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna, she was going to ask them, why did you ignore me, you know, after we got 
to high school? Like, why why is it that you acted like, you know, she, she's she's felt this all these years after, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. I don't even know where we were going with that, but. Um, yeah, no, but it, it. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And it does. It, it is worth talking about because yeah. I think a lot of people don't necessarily own how close we are to where that was. Like it, it, like your mother is not an old woman. Yeah, they integrated <laughs> their schools. You yeah, know? yeah, and she's not an old woman. Yeah. You know, so for for that to still there still be a person that's alive and not old that went through that, mm-hmm. it's like that's where we are. And so now to pretend like it, we're just like everything's better now. Everything's not better. Clearly everything's not better. That's why people get mad at me because I do in my comedy throw these things in their faces and they get mad about it. (laughs) They get mad about it because it's like, I feel like until we talk about this kind of stuff, it's not going to get better. That's the reason when it comes to me and my personal relationships, like my friends and stuff, I'd rather have a friend that disagrees with me openly than a friend that smiles to my face and then talks about me behind my Mm -hmm. back. That's what I prefer. I prefer every once in a while I get into it with one of my close friends and we like have a heated discussion. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at least it's out there. And we've both been honest and I don't hold on to feelings afterwards about I just it's just good to know where you're, you know, and I have a lot of white friends that don't agree with my methods or the things I say or, you know, and that's fine. And they let me know that. And and it's we can talk. It's just like what are we're grown. Why can't we just talk? You can feel the way you do. We we all feel different ways about different things. Yeah, that's just what it is. That's life. And I, I think some people might think that, like, maybe I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm working on making my comedy a little more uh, two sided mm-hmm. when it comes to the race stuff. Trying to soften it up a little bit. Not. I'm still gonna be super edgy, and I'm not changing a thing. But I'm just gonna add to what I have. Like, you know, kind of like Jim Gaffigan. You know how he does. Like he he has those voices. He'd be like, Oh, did I do this? Oh, I'm not not that I'm gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, but, but people will be mad like, at you, you know, from both sides. After that. Be both. I get in trouble. <laughs> I get in trouble for that same thing because uh, like performing in the rooms that I performed in, because I performed in a lot of redneck clubs and redneck rooms at this point. Uh, and so I've noticed like certain things that they've as being LGBT, you know, mm-hmm. like I've noticed certain things that people will tell me that they don't understand because of the kind of comedy I do. People are very honest with me after the show when they talk to me. And so they'll be like, OK, well, I don't get this. Or what about this? And, you know, I just hear them out. I don't argue with them. I just hear them out. Um, I'll try to, like, give them a little tip or a little insight if I can, you know, about certain things. And I found that if you talk to people in a calm voice and you treat them with respect, even if they say something that's quote unquote ignorant, mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll take that in. Yeah. And they'll just be like, oh, well, I didn't know that or I never thought of it that way. You know, but people don't hear anything when you just yell at them. Yeah. So because I've had these conversations with people, I'll say things from a certain perspective sometimes and just be like, I can see like the joke I do right now about Caitlyn Jenner. Have you heard that bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where it's like, you know, on the one hand, I can understand ladies getting upset about, you know, Caitlyn Jenner becoming woman Mm -hmm. of the year. But on the other hand, you have to ask yourself, how little did you bitches do that all she had to do to become woman of the year was become a woman? And like, I notice that people will laugh about that. And then I go into the trans side, you know, and like where trans people complain and where it's like you're not helping yourself out. Like you get complain about being misgendered. But if you don't look like what you're supposed to look like, how the fuck do the rest of us know what you're supposed to be? you were saying what's your, how does it you don't look like e- either one of them That's exactly yeah you don't look like <laughs> i don't know if you're going to male female or female to male i don't know what you're doing i took a guess i guessed the wrong one uh-huh. now you're mad at me you know it's like uh, that's the way a lot of straight people are feeling you know or people that aren't lgbt or lgbt experienced or an ally like a lot of these people are open to taking like respecting Mm -hmm. you they just don't know what it is you're doing and then you throw in stuff like drag race you know a lot of people have been watching drag race which is a drag queen show but then they get confused on that because drag queens don't usually care if you refer to them as he or she 
you know, they're they're open either way. Mm -hmm. And so then that throws people off because they're like, okay, well, I don't know now what I'm supposed to refer to people as. People call me girl all the time just because that's the way they talk, you know, or uh, like last night when your friend said, uh, no ma'am to me and then she was like i meant no sir and i was like no ma'am's fine <laughs> we can leave it like that I'm, i mean like because i personally don't mind either way i have fun with both you know and mm -hmm. just think it's people expressing themselves i don't think of it as like you know oh this person doesn't respect me as a man mm -hmm. because she said no ma'am you know yeah. like it, to me it was just like that's what you felt like saying and you know and that's what came out so yeah and it's like it. it was funny like was, you know or yeah. to me it was silly it was fun so but you know some gay men do get mad yeah at that they they they're like you know they feel like you're you're trying to be too comfortable or something or i don't know what it is but they they get mad yeah the only person i ever got annoyed with for that uh and i shouldn't say names but marcella arguello um, she like she thinks we got in an argument about something else because I cut that bitch off and uh, she thinks it was about something else. But really, it was just about that. She was and it wasn't even about it was her being disrespectful because she's used to hang out with fags that kind of feature her and act like she's something more than she is. And to me, Marcel is OK, whatever, but nothing particularly special. And so you're not going to. Yes, bitch. No, bitch. Uh, you know, like talk to me like that. Like, that's not even the way I talk to her or any of the women that I know, you know, like after I've known them for a long time, once in a while, I'll let a bitch slip just because it's funny, you know, yeah, to be yeah. like, bitch, you're out of your mind. Or, But it's just not the way I always talk to people, because I feel like even with your friends, you should have like some sort of respect. You know what I mean? But unless you're friends with Punky Johnson and oh. then everybody's a bitch. Yeah. Well, Punky bitch, Johnson. Bitch, bitch, <laughs> bitch. See, but I love yeah. that, too. Like when yeah. that's just when you know that somebody's personality. But there's a difference. And I, I go more than the words people use. I go on what I feel off of them. So if I notice you're starting to come at me with just an overall disrespectful tone, I'll just cut that and be like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't need you. I mean, like, so. Um, but I've had people, like, try that. And I know there's a difference. But when it comes to just the words, I'm always, I always take the feeling. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. you're being silly right now, whatever, you know. But sometimes, like I said, people get disrespectful. And I think you can tell the difference. That's why, like, even fag. A lot of my uh, straight friends use the word fag quite a, quite a bit. I remember one time one of my friends, uh, I had broken up with the guy, uh, with this guy, and the guy wasn't good for me. He was super hot, though. <laughs> super hot. He, his name was Michael. He was half black, half Mexican, and just he worked at Roscoe's. <laughs> <laughs> And so there was yes. that chicken involved too, which Come chicken, through, <laughs> yeah. And we used to eat there for free all the time. Like Eric Griffin, that's I don't know if you know Eric mm -hmm. Griffin, but that's when uh, me and Eric Griffin used to be at uh, the Lo uh, Queen Mary in Long Beach, and uh, so we would always go eat there afterwards. Eric Griffin tells jokes like to me about it, like it's true story though. After me and my ex broke up. Eric Griffin used to go there for free chicken and uh, pretend that he was just listening to my ex tell his story. He just sit there like, what? He did what? And just be eating chicken for free. But my point <laughs> is, my friend Matt, uh, after me and this guy Michael broke up, my friend Matt was like, you know, all about like, OK, well, you're out of that and that's good. So I get back together with him. And my friend Matt was so frustrated. He was like, you dumb fucking faggot. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that would seem disrespectful to some people, but to me, it was so funny because it was so from his heart and him just being annoyed with me <laughs> as his friend for going back to this bad relationship that had really my three. My keys got thrown in an ocean at one point. Wow. This is a bad relationship. Like, you know, it was all the way around bad it was was that your last relationship no my r last relationship was my engagement oh you were engaged yeah i was engaged I for was how en long <laughs> only six months uh, but the it was six months was also the duration of the relationship mm. it was like as soon as we got together 
he said that he wanted me to be with him forever and um, put this little stupid ring on my finger. With diamonds? No, just oh. a little yeah, was stupid, stupid ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a little stupid ring. And uh, it was just like an in the moment thing. And, uh, you know, it was a it, like he didn't have a lot of money. And he had this really, I guess you could say, fucked up story. You know, uh, but like I really was in love with him and uh, but I was too crazy at the time, you know, and I wasn't. So it was your fault why y'all broke up? I would say honestly, yeah, Uh I would say I was the complete problem in that relationship. But, you know, I had just um, had the silicone removed from my face Mm -hmm. and that was like an entire like process and stuff like that. And I wasn't ready to talk about that with, you know, somebody that Mm -hmm. I had just met and I didn't want to tell him about that. And so, you know, there was what I was going through mentally there. Then there was my own, um, like trying to figure out what I was doing as far as my career went. And he lived in Phoenix and I'm here in LA. And so that made it hard. And I was just all around, like mentally, I would say kind of a mess. And it was a lot for him to deal with. And he had had a hard life already. And I think his thinking was, I don't want even more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, where's he now? In Arizona, still. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't talk at all anymore. Um, it, Are y'all Facebook friends? Not at all. Nothing. No con- no no contact. No restraining invo- No restraining orders were involved. Hmm. But they definitely could have been. <laughs> Do you creep onto his page every now and then? No, I have no way of getting onto his page. Or I don't. I I left that alone. Um, Maybe one day I'll reach out to him in some way because I really did, if if for nothing else, just to like clear it up, you know, just f- so he understands what was going mm-hmm. on. Because we never had like a full on where I was. And usually I'm completely honest with people. But like I was so like everything was so different for me at that time. And I was going through so much on my own that I wasn't able to be completely open with him and there's no way to be engaged or ready to be married to somebody if you're not ready to be yeah honest you know at the very least yes say this is who i am this is what it is and so do you want to be married still one day when i'm uh when i get to where i want to be in my career Mm -hmm. then i'll be ready to actually settle down but for right now i have to be selfish mm-hmm. you know i know you're married yeah yeah been married i just celebrated a year september 6th was the year married a year how long were you guys together eight years before we got married well that's great yeah yeah so you guys or really se- no actually seven years before we got married yeah so you guys really knew each other oh yeah how long did you guys live together before or out of you know, that we, seven years? We live we lived together the whole time. We moved in like three months after we knew each. Uh, and so I don't know if I told this on Courtney's podcast or not, if, but uh, I met him. Well, I was celibate for two years. Yeah, you yeah. did mention that. I was, and I and I was a year into my celibacy when I met him. And so he he was like, you're worth the wait. It's cool. And we moved in together. He didn't pressure me or anything until like the week before that shit was over. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, that shit is up in a week, don't you? <laughs> I'm like what? Uh. So it was weird, you know. So were you guys doing little like cheat stuff? Not really. No, not really. Being... I mean, I saw it. Yeah. I had to know that I was wait. what I was, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, let me let me see it. <laughs> You know, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you stuck to two years. I don't either. Well, sh- I was doing the absolute most, though, before <laughs> that. I've been there. You know? Yeah. I, I kind of keep it at the absolute most. <laughs> I go on breaks from being slutty, but, you know, I'm I'm terrible at times. <laughs> that's why I don't know how two men ever work out, because y'all are both terrible. I know. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, good thing I play the role of a Christian woman. (laughs) 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 
You know, I don't think I've, uh, well, not I don't think, and this is not something I should ever admit to, but it's just the truth. I've never been faithful to anybody. I cheat. That's what I do. I feel like if you don't want to get cheated on, I'm probably, well, I'm definitely not the right guy You think guy you just haven't you. met anybody worth not cheating on? I've met some really good ones, and I've been in, like, relationships with really good people, but I don't know. Maybe I need to figure out in therapy. I just don't want to go to any kind of therapy until after I've made it because yeah. I feel like being fucked up is one of the things that makes me funny. Uh-huh. I, I've noticed when comics make it and they go to therapy, they usually become way less funny. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You're working that out with somebody professional now instead of on the stage. Mm-hmm. And so to me, and I could be wrong, maybe. No, that's true. I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that that's all the way true. I probably need therapy, too, but ain't nobody got time for that shit. That's what I say on top of it. Like, I don't want to make another hour. I mean, like out of the day. Yeah. Yeah. To go talk to somebody. I mean, who probably is not listening. I wouldn't doubt a lot of them aren't listening. You know, they're just watching the clock and scribbling on a pad. Mm -hmm. They're drawing you. Yeah. (laughs) They're just like... Back there doing artwork. A quick sketch. (sighs) Yeah. I guess we learned a lot about me on this episode. We did. Yeah. What about... So what about you? What are your goals this year? Um, Do you have any big goals coming Um, into the end of the year? You know what? This year, my biggest goal is to get one of these white men to take me on tour with them and let me open for them i think the climate of the you i mean i just think that would be such a perfect a perfect thing like if if one of these dudes would just take me with him somewhere who do you like i like crystalia i know that's kind of you know being ambitious um but fuck it why not um i like michael costa yeah michael costa i like crystalia too i've I known him forever real, both of them um and uh who else do i really like that um, I like Jim Gaffigan a lot. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah, Gaffigan? Jim Gaffigan. I think he's so hilarious. And it's funny because my aunt, she never responds to like us watching TV. She just sits there and watches it. But when, when he, for his comedy, I put it because I watch Netflix specials with her all the time. And she thought he was so funny. She was like laughing out loud the whole time. And at the end, she said, now, I will buy his album. Now, I will buy <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, you mean you would download it. But. So what's the story with your aunt? Your aunt is? She's 86. Um, I started taking care of her totally by accident when she was like 82, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I was already like, you know, checking on her or whatever. She lived in Beverly Hills. And um, I would go over there and check on her and help her do different things. Buy her, bought her a new computer with her money, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, just helping her upgrade her stuff. And I just was noticing a lot of changes with her. And I was telling my mom, like, she's not the same. She lived, like, upstairs, too. So she had to walk up all these stairs. Sorry if I spit on you. Oh, no. She had to walk up all these stairs. And anyway, long story short, um, the hospital called my grandfather, which is the, her, one of her only living relatives, that, I guess, that they had him on file. And she had been in the hospital for a week. And so my grandfather called me, like, well, go check on Betty. I don't know. The, the hospital called me. And I get to the hospital, this bitch is standing at the nurse's station with her ass all out. Like, you know, she had been standing up there like she was just losing her mind. She was still, you know, they go through so much like denial and just all kind of things when they're losing their mind. So she was just like terrorizing these poor nurses. And we walk up and and her friends are there, too. Some of her old ass friends. And my husband was there with me. And he was like, Betty, what are you doing? Come on, let's go back. Let's go sit down in the room. And they were like, how did you do that? They had been trying to get her to sit down for like two hours, you know. And so they could tell that we knew her very well. We had been around her a lot. And But these are her friends. from. They've had relationships with her for like 55 years. They had, They totally didn't trust us. You know, she had a lot of money. You know, they just totally didn't trust us whatsoever. Uh-huh. And long story short, we ended up just going through all kind of stuff. 
all kind of caretakers. It was a it was a high speed chase on the freeway. One of her nurses tried to kidnap her and take her money and like just the craziest shit with this old woman. And because she's suffering from dementia. Yeah, she's suffering from dementia. So right now she doesn't walk anymore. Like, you know, it's kind of crazy because I've been seeing, you know, seeing the decline over the last four years. And now she has to have 24 hour care. Her food has to be blended. You know, I got to wipe her ass and change her. I, I actually watch her for like one or two nights out of the week to make it cheaper because the nur- nurses are expensive. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Like that should it's like six thousand dollars a month, Uh huh. you know, and so. To alleviate that, I do that, and it's just very interesting being in charge of somebody else's so life. So when you aren't taking care of her, who is or what? The nurse, she has two nurses okay. that rotate. That They've been with her for four years now, two Filipino nurses who I just adore. I just love them so much. They make my life so much easier. I'm her only family here, and I just refuse to put her in a nursing home when she has money to care for herself. It takes a little coordination, you know, and somebody had to be there to do it, which none of them were willing, none of her friends or people at her church were willing to do that. They just wanted to put her in a nursing home. And she told me she did not want to go to a nursing home. And her best friend was like, she don't want to go to a nurse, you know? Yeah, my so. mom has always said, you know, um, don't ever put me in a home. I don't care what happens. Don't kill me before you put me in a home. Yeah. And that's literally something she's told me. She was like, kill me before you put me wow. in a home. Do not put me in a home. And so I know that... Yeah, I I can see. And, you know, I've known people that have been in homes, uh, dated one. (laughs) Ty. (laughs) Date's a strong word. (laughs) Date's a strong word. But anyway. (laughs) And believe me, it's not a place anybody wants to be. (laughs) No. But I get uh, what you're what you're saying. It's gotta be hard though so you're how many days a week do you one or two you know just depending on what i have going on like if i know i'm gonna be out of town or whatever i try to you know consult or make them i try to do it all in one week but basically i need to work like five days out of the month to really keep things afloat you know and just have a little extra cushion you know Cause I mean, you can blow through savings and blow through everything. And then the fact that we're not her kids, you know, we're not like super attached to the situation. And I don't want, like, it's not my, she's not my mom. Like as much as I love her, like, I don't want to be and even with my mom or any of my, like just long. The the moral of this story is get long-term health insurance that covers, you know, nursing home or covers nurses and in-home care like, set that shit up. That's what I, I've never thought I would be doing this or even thinking about annuities and, like, you know, all the things that she set up for herself to really make it easy for us. Yeah. How did she make her money or what was her? She was a teacher. Um, she was a teacher, but the, 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 the Beverly Hills urban legend <laughs> is that I, and I had to, she won't, she still won't tell me all of her business. Like I've had to learn things from her when we took over like her nail shop, the, the lady who's been doing her nails for the last 25 years, the, the dry cleaners where she was going for the last 25, 30 years, all these people, her accountant, people that were in her life piece. They, I, I learned all that stuff from them. Like, you know, it'd be interesting to do a movie and have a montage like where I figured out her story, you yeah. know? And so her nail tech was like, Oh, rich white man. Rich, rich, old Jewish white man used to come, come here all the time, you know, take care of her, pay for everything, took her around the world. Like she's been around the world so many times. Apparently she was with some rich Jewish contractor who like contracted shit all over the world. And was took she her, beautiful in her day? Yeah, she was really pretty. She was she was beautiful. She, I mean, she was just like a, a black, just a regular black looking lady, not like what. You know, a lot of black people think beautiful is like the lighter skin you yeah, are, yeah. you know, which she's not that. She was just a brown woman, you know, just um, a regular. She was pretty, though, you know, but um, she wouldn't convert to Judaism. So he never would like marry her. But he bought her. Th- I don't know if you've ever seen me wear this ring, but people compliment me. And I'm, I only have it off because uh, my fingers were breaking out, whatever. Uh, but. It's a beautiful ring that he bought her in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And it's probably like two and a half carats or something, three carats. Mm -hmm. And it's just gorgeous. And I wear it all the time because I'm scared to like take it off. 
Yeah. And like the nurses aren't comfortable with her wearing it anymore because her her knuckles are you know they've kind of got. I had to get it cut cut off her finger. Like arthritic or yeah, yeah. From that we had to go get it cut off and then they they put it back together and we were putting it around her neck, letting her wear it as a necklace. But then they just say just. They don't even want to bother with it, especially since it's, she's on hospice right now. So there's hospice nurses in and out, you know, and they don't really want to um, be so responsible. When people are on hospice, that means they might not have l- much longer. Is well, that- that's yeah. But see, a bitch like me knew that putting her on hospice would have the diapers free and free insurance and all this free stuff. And, and I told them not to give her any morphine, no matter what. Like, they can't give her morphine. That's pretty much what kills you when you're on hospice, mm-hmm. is they just, like, help you, you know. And which is why I don't understand why they were so pissed at Dr. Kevorkian for people wanting to just, you know. That's what they really do is, like, so she's not on any strong meds. And she's been on hospice for six months. And, you know, the, the reality is she's not getting better. And it's helped, it's saved us on having to, you know, take her to the hospital over and over and get transportation to, you know, to and from the hospital and they can just come in and they bring the x-ray machines and they bring whatever and prescribe whatever, you know, so it's just easy. Cause they didn't, and you were saying on, in your story, um, when I saw you at the storytelling show, bedtime stories mm-hmm. at the comedy store in the belly room, mm-hmm. um, you were saying that, uh, originally they didn't want to let her live in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like she had to sue. Yeah. She Beverly had to Hills. sue to live there. Yep. She sued. And, and we found when we were cleaning all her stuff out, we found like these articles and it was like Negro woman, um, sues to live, you know, and they had to, they had to do, and she owned an apartment building too. That's like on Ridgely. It's mid mid city or whatever. And here she, and she, you know, she's a prominent woman and here she is. They won't even rent to her, you know, and what just to get put into perspective, like her mindset, we were driving past the pub one day when she was still in her right mind. And I was like, oh, I don't go to pubs. They, you know, black people don't belong in, in Irish pubs. And she was like, well, why not? She said, if you go in there, you'll be one, you know, you'll be, you'll be one. And that's just how she lived her life. And she didn't give a fuck. And even the, the people around Beverly Hills, around her neighborhood, they made it hell for us because we pretty much had to move, not move in with her, but we were there all the time when her transition was happening. And they would call the police on us. They would do all kind of, st- I mean, just like they did not want us there. And she had already been there 30 years. Mm-hmm. This was just two years ago, like, no, four years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they made it hell for us. These police, I mean, they were the worst people in the world. They made it so hard for us. Eventually, we just ended up moving her. Yeah, you guys had to move her out of Beverly Hills? Yes, we moved her out. Plus, she didn't need to be walking up and down those stairs. She couldn't take care of herself. So we moved her to an assisted living facility in in Glendale with the Armenians. We let the Armenians have her. Yeah, the Armenians. They could could take care of her crazy ass, you know. So they did. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of crazy in Glendale. Yeah, and not even dementia. Just oh yeah, crazy. just crazy. So yeah, she so fit they were right like, in. yeah, they were like, <laughs> we right got a place in. for her. We got a spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got a room ready. <laughs> yes, room ready. So. Yeah, no. Well, and I understand what you're saying. Like with the, um, I know some people think it sounds callous or whatever, but it's just the way it is. I've seen a lot of comics have to stop doing comedy because they needed to take care of an older, you know, like their, their parents and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And that is a lot to ask of somebody that's not your mother, Yeah. you know? And so I think what you're doing, doing as much as you're able to do is, is great. And making sure, I mean, like making sure that she didn't get taken for her money by somebody that alone is, is, a huge thing you know i mean because yeah. there's so many people that don't like old people that don't have anybody to take care of them yeah. she doesn't have any kids of her own Mm-mm. she doesn't have kids even though i tell people she's my aunt because it's just easier for me to do her business yeah you know like they don't want to hear that you're a cousin they're like a cousin what kind of cousin from you know like so it's just easier for me to tell them that and i it's just you know you can get stuff done yeah so well whatever it takes to yeah. get it done and get her taken care of because mm-hmm. You know, sometimes doing things the quote unquote right way isn't going to get anything done. 
It's just not. It doesn't. Like you, you can try your best, but they're still going to stop you. So mm-hmm. if you, yeah, say it's your aunt and that's what you have to do to make sure that she gets taken care of. I think that's a great thing because I can't say that, you know, outside of my parents, there's anybody else that I'd go to well, those lengths for. Ty, I have to get up in the morning and go in there and she tries to fight and she she raises up on her elbows or she'll be like, what, what you, I, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your ass. And I said, I don't think you can. Oh, I think I can. Oh, I think I can. <laughs> then you start taking the cover off and you, she's in this diaper. She's just like this little frail old woman. And you got to move her over to the, I was like, she's, ah, she's screaming the whole time. Neighbors, call the police. <laughs> you dirty bitch. You dirty dog. Ooh, you dirt. And I'm like, bitch, I'm wiping your ass and I'm the dirty dog. You know, <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's the craziest shit. She calls me all kind of names. Oh, yeah. And no, it's so funny. I know how they do. Um, my for a while, my grandma, my dad's mom had to live with us. And it was the same situation like dementia. And I saw like my mom, you know, because it was my her mother-in-law and she never liked my mom anyway. And so um, my mom tried her best to help her out, but um, she would fight my mom literally, you know, like try to physically fight her. And my mom would have to use all of her restraint to be like, you know, okay, let me just hold her down or make it so she can't hurt me. And one time um, it was about bread because, you know, I guess my grandma um, being diabetic I think it was wasn't supposed to have white bread and this was when I was really young and she got into the white bread and she was sitting there eating it just (laughs) eating bread you know like and my mom had to take it away from her and it turned into a physical thing and my mom didn't do anything to hurt her but my mom let my dad know after that she was like I can't do this anymore you know because one time it was the same like my grandma had like peed on the bathroom floor and um, my mom had to clean that up and clean her up. And my mom just was like, it's I've got kids before. Yeah, it's so much to deal with somebody with dementia and the police aren't equipped to deal with this, with with situations. The right like people just and it's, it's becoming a real problem in our country with the baby boomers who are living very long lives. Yeah. You know what I mean, people are living well into their 90s and. That's a problem for, and their kids are in their 60s. They're too old to even be taking care of them and doing stuff, you know? And it's just like, wow. Yeah, I don't want to get super old. I told people that and they either. act like it's like a morbid thing or it's a, it's just like, no, I don't. There's, if I'm not going to be healthy, I don't want to be old. Yeah. Sometimes I, I told, uh, I mentioned on stage one time, I was like, if I live to a point where I can only stuff like ice cream, God is punishing me. Life's not a gift anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I don't feel like that's where I want to be. <laughs> if I can't wipe my own ass, I'm ready to go. Me too. When I lose my first tooth, I'm going to be ready to go. Like, I don't want to be here with, with missing teeth. <laughs> like, who does that? <laughs> I don't want to be here with no teeth tied. I don't blame you. And that's going to hurt my heart so bad, like, to have to, you know, yeah, pop some teeth in and out. Like, I'm getting... When the first one goes, I'm just going to get implants in the whole Yeah, just thing. have them drilled up into your head. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> God. But by then, we'll both have made it. So we'll have completely yeah, different point will. of view. You know, we'll be like yes. best doctors, best <laughs> dentists. You know, everything will be like. <laughs> I'm going to let you try them out first. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to have them first. Yeah. I'm older. So and I take I. Don't take as good a care of myself as people think. People think because I go to the gym, I take care of myself. Going to the gym is all I do. <laughs> you know, like the rest. Yeah, yeah. I, I live kind of a not always the healthiest lifestyle. But where can people find you? Okay, you can find me on Facebook at Dicey Comedy. At, and that's my Twitter handle, too, at Dicey Comedy. And on Instagram, I'm at Dicey Approved. On Instagram, it's at yeah. Dicey Approved. I used to have a blog, a style fashion blog. And when I started taking care of Betty, I just didn't, I couldn't keep it up. But I'm going to come back out with it. And that's what it was called. It was called Dicey Approved. Yeah. So, so. D-I-C-E-Y. Mm-hmm. So A-P-P-R-O-V-E-D. Tonight, I'm going to be um, at the Improv in Hollywood with Theo Vaughn. 
That's going to be cool. Nice. Um, it's We're the only two comics on the show, but there's like some music or something else going on too. So that's big room, little room, big room. Nice. That's great. That's going to be nice. And um, yeah. Any touring coming up or I got um, I'll be at the improv in Arlington, Texas over Thanksgiving. And then I have three dates coming up in uh, October 15th is one. That's the only one I can remember because that's closest at the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego. So, yeah, and I'm just trying to travel more. Ty, you said you was going to take me with you one day. Yeah, I'll definitely so. take you. Yeah, that is on my list. Okay, yeah. I just got to have some shit that's worth you coming on. You're on my you, list, too. Where I, you're not I, mad at me. Like, I, I know. I don't, it'll just be fun. <laughs> that wasn't Nobody shit. Nobody will know. We'll just get on Facebook Live. Like, everything is all good. Yeah, it, it's going to be, like, <laughs> glamorous, you know, completely. We'll shoot it at a different venue yeah. than the one we're actually performing <laughs> That's so funny. That's all that matters is Facebook. But that's definitely something I do want to do. I want to take you out to some, like, you know, because I really like what you do. And I really like your point of view. And I know, like, you know, grow however you have to grow. But just don't let other people's trying to tell you what you should do. Don't let that come into play. Mm -hmm. Just do what you feel is right for you. Because... I think you're really on a good track. And I think if you just continue doing what comes naturally to you and staying, you know, go up as much as you possibly can Mm -hmm. and, you know, stay right with God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. They can't see my heavenly hands are waved up in the air on Sunday. Yeah, I see your heavenly hands. You are doing (laughs) And it is Sunday, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really feel like you're you're on a good track so thank you ty i'm thank glad you, you were able me. to make it yeah no i'm glad you were able to make it and we'll um we'll have you back again yeah when we both have something that gets i on know our exactly <laughs> yeah uh everybody you can find me at america's favorite fag.com <laughs> <laughs> It gets more ridiculous every week that I say it, but it's true. America's favorite fag.com. And that'll link you to everything you want. My Twitter, my Facebook, my, um, I have a blog, but I never put anything in it. So my blog that doesn't really exist. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm Ty Rivera and I remain unbothered. <laughs>